Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 Welcome to a very special edition of the Holler Hour. I am Justin Kadu with the Holler. I'm here with Congressman Jim Cooper. How are you, sir? Doing great, Justin. Good to see you, man. Always good to see you. We are at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook, tnholler.com. We're also all throughout the state. In all these great cities, thanks to your support, we really appreciate it. A few bucks a month goes a long way, and you can subscribe at tnholler.com, and you get a couple emails a week just catching you up on what's going on here in Tennessee. And one of the things that's going on here in Tennessee, something that is a very, very important development, one that we want everybody to really know about, is Representative Cooper and President Biden and the Democrats just passed the American Rescue Plan of 2021, a really important piece of legislation that's going to help a lot of people. And we want everybody to understand exactly how it's going to help people, exactly how it's going to help you, and also so that you can explain to people how it's going to help them. And so to do that, we brought in Professor Jim Cooper to teach us a class. And if you want to comment along and ask questions, feel free to do that. We can see your comments. And I will make sure to ask them for you at the end of this. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to let Representative <clears throat> Cooper take us to school. Representative Cooper, what is in this thing? Take it away. Well, thank you, Justin. It's an honor to be with you and the good folks of the Holler. I love the Holler. It's really a, a great resource for all Tennesseans. This is a major important bill. It's like mega important. It's colossal. It's You could say it's stupendous. Now, there are a lot of bills that go through Congress, and a lot of people say, you know, each one is important. But just the size of this one sets it apart. At $1.9 trillion, that's hard to even fit in your head. It won't fit on a calculator. And to give you an idea of the quantity of dollars, if you had 60,000 years in seconds, that would be about 1.9 trillion seconds. 60,000 years of seconds. So this is an immense amount of money. It's designed to rescue the average American, to help average folks, to help regular people. You know, it's completely unlike the Trump plan, which mainly helped the top 1%. Uh, this is to help everybody. So it's really exciting. And I'm going to go into the parts of it here. If you show me the first slide, can you put those up on the screen? Okay, the next one. Um, I'm going to focus primarily not on Tennessee as a whole, but on the three counties that I represent, Davidson, Cheatham and Dixon counties. So I will make occasional references to the state as a whole, but it's incredible. All nine congressional districts in Tennessee are going to get a whopping amount of money out of this. And the state is really, it's, it's unbelievable. So let me get into the details. <clears throat> this is the latest in COVID relief. Uh, the CARES Act last year was actually slightly larger, but a lot of that has already been spent. That's kind of yesterday's news. This is an amazing thing and really three times larger than what uh, the relief that was passed in the Obama administration. 
the rescue package there after the 2008 economic disaster. Obama wanted a larger package, but just couldn't get it out of Congress. Joe Biden got this out of Congress without a single Republican vote. It's amazing. But it's still a bipartisan package because 70% of Americans like this. And that means most every Republican you know back home. Because if you look at Republican leaders like the current head of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, he was all for this. He wanted, he begged Congress to go big, and we did. But also Democratic leaders like Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, and she herself is a former Secretary of of Federal, Federal Reserve Chairman. So this is amazing. And it's really bipartisan, at least at the grassroots level, if not at the congressional level. Next slide, please. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the news coverage at the time mainly focused on what's not uh, in the bill. And there's some things that unfortunately due to the Republican even split in the Senate, we weren't able to get into the bill. The $15 minimum wage increase is not in the bill, but there's something in the bill that's almost as good. It's kind of a backdoor way of achieving the same thing. It's an increase in what's called the earned income tax credit. That's a lot of words, E-I-T-C, earned income tax credit. Uh, but it's a backdoor way of achieving what the $15 minimum wage would have achieved. Also, the uh, unemployment um, supplement, the federal supplement was cut. We wanted $400. It was cut down to $300. But that still doubles the normal state benefit. The highest possible state benefit is $275 a week. This more than doubles that. So we should still be thankful. And finally, um, as I mentioned, it's not Republican supported in Congress, but it's Republican supported out everywhere else. Thanks. Next slide. This is a pie chart. You've seen a lot of pie charts, but this pie chart is extraordinary because even the tiniest pieces of this pie are mega huge. So let's go through. We'll start with the largest pieces. The first one you can see is $411 billion in stimulus checks. You basically should have already gotten your $1,400 stimulus check. That's uh, going to be a per month for six months. That's an amazing boost, discretionary income. I saw that some folks are even using it to speculate on Robin Hood in the stock market. But most Americans don't have the uh, time to speculate. They're feeding their families. They're getting uh, uh, good things done with that money. Another thing that uh, is huge in the bill and that the Republicans were strongly against is aid to state and local governments. Now, why are we doing that? Because our states and our cities are limited in their ability to fund things. They cannot uh, run unbalanced budgets and they are threatening layoffs of school teachers, policemen, firemen, folks like that, unless we're able to make them whole for all the losses they suffered during COVID. So aid to state and local governments is super important. So the two categories so far, which is really over a third of the bill, or checks to folks like you. And basically it covers everybody if your income is less than about $80,000. It's it's basically everybody. And uh, the state and local aid, you'll be feeling that because our teachers will not be laid off, our firemen and policemen will not be laid off, and governments at the local and state level will be able to function. The next category is unemployment insurance. I mentioned that already. It's not the $400 a week that we wanted, but it is $300 a week and that doubles the Tennessee benefit. The next category are the tax credits. And here the really big news, other than the earned income tax credit that I also already mentioned, which is basically a substitute for the $15 hour minimum wage. This is huge for childcare. 
It's in fact, it's huge for all sorts of child related expenditures. This is literally a great society for childcare. This is amazing. Uh, the dream of many advocates for a long time had been to expand this area. And I'm going to go into detail later in a, a later slide on this, but this is great for American families. It's great for our children. It really is a needed relief for parents. Then we have um, the whole um, issue of reopening our uh, K through 12 schools and also higher education. Students have been hammered, not able to go to school. It's hard to learn with remote learning or distance learning. So many people don't have internet. So there's $177 billion just there uh, for education supplements to get our schools open again. Then uh, there's a huge section of the bill for healthcare because we haven't had the testing and the PPE and the help that we need in the healthcare sector. So that's amazing. Uh, then it go through some of the smaller slices of the pie and it's really uh, remarkable what this bill will accomplish for all Americans. Next slide, please. Tennessee is estimated to get about $30 billion out of this bill. And to give you an idea, that's only slightly smaller than the entire state budget. So that's a huge amount of help just for a state like Tennessee. So to put this overall law in perspective, it's colossal. It's designed to end the pandemic. It's designed to end the economic distress that we've been suffering due to the pandemic. It's gonna help people survive the economy. I'm particularly proud of a section that we got added first back in December, and now again in this bill, to help our entertainment venues, especially our music venues, our bars and our restaurants, because that entertainment sector is so important for the Nashville economy. It's so important for tourism. And unless those folks can safely reopen, as they're all desperate to do, this bill will really help. Just for music venues alone, it's $15 billion that we got passed last December, plus another billion and a half in this bill. So it's $16.5 billion. That's amazing. $25 billion for restaurants. It's astonishing. Now, there are a lot of restaurants out there, and you have to apply for the money. But the porthole for the um, uh, music venues will be opening shortly. Uh, the restaurant venue, it's, it's an amazing thing. And this is a dedicated programs just for these uh, venues. There was already a PPP program and an EIDL program run through the Small Business Administration for regular businesses. But so many restaurants and music venues had trouble competing uh, against other businesses for that. This is dedicated programs just for our entertainment industries. Huge help for children, as I mentioned, it's really amazing. Most experts predict that it will reduce child poverty by 50%, cutting it in half in one piece of legislation. Imagine that, cutting child poverty by half in just one bill. So it's amazing what's in this. And the overall theme of the bill is equity for everyone. There are no uh, favorites here. It's focused on you know regular Americans, average citizens, so that they can get the help that they need. The focus is on equity in this bill. Next slide, please. To give you an idea, just the CARES Act was very large as the state budget. Uh, it was 34 billion for Tennessee and Tennesseans. Uh, this will basically double that. So it literally dwarfs an annual state budget. This is an incredible shot in the arm for Tennesseans. This is an incredible shot in the arm for Tennessee. Next slide, please. This will give you an idea of what's in the children's and families uh, part. 
I've already mentioned the individual checks. And of course that will help tons of kids. And anybody gets one of those checks who makes less than $80,000 a year per person. So imagine 351,000 families just in three counties sharing a pot of $908 million. It's almost as if the mega lottery you know, ticket was bought by 351,000 area families and we all get to split it. That's amazing. But on children especially, this increases the uh, maximum child credit to $3,600 for every young child under six and to $3,000 for every child from seven, eight, eight, age seven to 17. That's an amazing thing. So a family with a couple of kids, suddenly not only you're not paying income tax, the government's writing you a check. It's very important to understand this because this is called an advanceable and refundable tax credit which basically means in plain English, the government's writing you a check. You owe the government nothing in taxes and the government is writing you a check. And this, nobody's seen this sort of amount of money before. In fact, very few uh, reformers had even talked about these levels. In addition to that, there's an extra $12 billion in the bill for nutritional benefits. That's for the SNAP program, what was called food stamps, WIC and the PEBT program. That's the program where kids get to eat through the school, even if they haven't been able to attend the school, because so many of our children are dependent on the school lunch program and the school breakfast program. So this is an astonishing outpouring. So uh, the child and dependent care tax credit, that's up to $16,000 for families, $16,000. That's a huge tax credit. And that's another benefit that everyone will get. As I mentioned, this was expected to cut child poverty in half. That means in Nashville, Tennessee, and Davidson County, there will be, um, in a few months, 12,500 fewer poor children. Imagine that, cutting out 12,500 uh, people out of poverty. That's, that's amazing. In Cheatham County and in Dixon County, there's supposed to be 500 fewer poor children in each of those counties. Next slide, please. Um, I mentioned the earned income tax credit. That's a mouthful of words, uh, but remember back Bill Clinton was one of the folks who first pioneered this as a way to help people if you couldn't get through the increase in the minimum wage. This will help uh, anybody who's low income. When I hold press conferences on this, virtually everybody in the audience at the press conference, the cameraman, uh, the uh, reporters, everybody there is eligible for um, thousands and thousands of dollars. Now it's income related and it's children related. The more kids you have, the poorer you are, the more money you get. But this is amazing um, um, that this is available. I mentioned unemployment already. I wish we could have gotten the full $400. The Republicans in the Senate in particular stopped us from doing that, but it will still double the normal Tennessee benefit. And by the way, we need to work on the Tennessee legislature in a lot of ways, but in particular to help them increase the, the state benefit to a, a livable level. But in the meantime, the federal government has ridden to the rescue. Um, another great thing is, unfortunately, with unemployment uh, insurance, that has been taxable in the past, but we're lifting the taxes on that. So the first $10,200 you make in unemployment benefits will not be taxed at all. It's basically a gift from the federal government. And that's a good thing because Many people were upset here. They're out of work, they're on unemployment and the government's taxing them on their unemployment benefit, but we're uh, lightening that load. And finally, 
there's 65,000 Tennesseans statewide who should be benefiting from this uh, provision. That's a lot of Tennesseans and a lot of help needed. Next slide, please. Now, a focus of mine for a long time has been trying to expand uh, Medicaid in Tennessee. That's the easiest and fastest way to have universal health care coverage in Tennessee. Healthcare is a human right, and we've got to make sure that that happens. Now, most every other state, all the blue states you see on the chart there, they expanded Medicaid. And a lot of those are hardcore Republican states, including, for example, Mike Pence's Indiana, including new states that have come on board like Idaho or Nebraska. And you see our neighboring state of Missouri and Oklahoma, they're about to, uh, to do this. But unfortunately, the states in the old Confederacy, the southern states, the Sunbelt states, have been so stubborn and they've been punishing our poor people right in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, the reason I'm highlighting the need that our region has, there are 12 states that are hurt, that have refused to expand Medicare. What does this bill do for those 12 states? The answer is in the next slide. This is incredible. This is the largest carrot in the history of the universe. Tennessee is being offered $830 million if we will just do one thing, do the right thing, and expand Medicaid to all of our citizens. 38 other states have done it. It's easy, it's not a partisan issue. Every time it's been on a referendum, it's passed overwhelmingly. But of course, our legislature is afraid to put it on a referendum for us, but this is amazing. And you'll see there, while uh, expanding Medicaid does cost the state something, the state is a huge net beneficiary because the state for a decade now has been turning down a free billion dollars a year to help everyone in our state who makes between poverty level and 138% of poverty. But our legislature has still refused to do it. And they're proud in their stubbornness. But this is an $830 million a year carrot on top of the billion dollars the federal government is offering if the state will just take care of its poor people who desperately need health care. So this is an amazing feature of the bill. And I'm super proud of it. And I'm so proud they're being generous with a Republican state like Tennessee, because I'm hopeful that this will persuade our legislature that they need to do the right thing, expand health care to all, all Tennesseans. Next slide, please. There's a lot in here for schools and business. This is an amazing thing. I mentioned reopening the schools and the need for that. K through 12, the state has been given two and a half billion dollars. So Davidson County alone will get 319 million. Cheatham will get 6 million. Dixon County will get 14 million. This is an amazing thing. Every county in Tennessee will get millions of dollars to help safely reopen schools. And higher education in Tennessee, we didn't leave out the colleges and universities, Collectively, the colleges and universities in Tennessee will get $703 million. That's amazing. That's totally amazing. Our businesses are being helped too. I mentioned the special help that restaurants, bars, and music venues are getting. But for the overall business community, the small business program, EIDL, has been expanded by $15 billion. There's already money in that program, and this will just top it out so that more money is available. So we think that there will be... Um, um, plenty of opportunity for Tennessee businesses. Now, the larger PPP pro pro program, and you know, that's furnished not through the SBA. You apply to a regular commercial bank for that program. And if they approve the loan, which is fully backed up by the federal government, and it's totally profitable for the bank to make you that loan, 
And if you abide by the criteria of the loan, the loan isn't a loan. It turns into a grant. It's free money. That program has also been substantially expanded. And there was already money in that program, but this will top that out as well. So this is huge help, not only for the schools in Tennessee, but for the businesses in Tennessee. Next slide. Uh, I mentioned the music stages and venues. Uh, the actual window is called the Shuttered Venues Operators Grant, SVO, and that will be opening shortly. Uh, it's amazing. I've mentioned the amounts of this already. And I think Nashville probably has more music venues, more bars and restaurants than any other city per capita in the country. It's amazing. And it's really been the backbone of our economy for a long time. And so much of Tennessee benefits from this tourist money. I was talking to somebody from out of state the other day on the phone and they're really excited because they're coming to Gatlinburg this spring and they know it's going to be beautiful and they know it's going to be fun. So there's so many parts of our state from Beale Street in Memphis all the way up to um, Mountain City in Upper East Tennessee. It's amazing what's in Chattanooga and Knoxville and Clarksville and so many great places. And these entertainment venues really help people want to come. So Tennessee is estimated to get $572 million just for Tennessee restaurants. That's amazing. $572 million just for Tennessee restaurants. So we're trying to get these businesses back on their feet. We're trying to get them prosperous again. We're trying to get the economy back so that we can reclaim our lives. Next slide, please. Uh, if there are any questions, I'd be happy to field them. It's my understanding, Justin, you were going to try to look at the chat and uh, ask me. So I was going to say there is a question that I want to ask you personally, and if people are watching, they can type theirs in the chat and we will ask them. But the first one, I want to ask you about some people you may have heard of. Uh, one is Governor Bill Lee. The other is Senator Jack Johnson. And another is Senator Marsha Blackburn. Here's what they had to say about this. They said, Governor Lee said, we don't need our share of the American Rescue Plan. Jack Johnson called it a disgrace. And Blackburn says it's a bailout that hurts red states and offers big blue state payday. I would just like to first point out that all three of those people are from Williamson County, which is where I live, which is the wealthiest county in the entire state by a lot. And I don't think it's a coincidence that people from Williamson County somehow think this bill isn't needed, but I want to open it up to you to address what they have to say about this. Well, Justin, I'm really glad you raised that point. Um, that's the Republican talking point. And it boils down to this. They're really saying two things at the same time. Number one, they're saying this is too much money, too much money. Now they never complained about the giveaways in the Trump administration, but at the same time, they're saying it's too much money. They're saying that Tennessee isn't getting enough. Well, those are completely inconsistent arguments. It's kind of like the guy who said, um, I hate the food at this restaurant, but my portion is also too small. <laughs> You've got to be consistent. And the acid test will be this. Will they accept the money? They're not going to turn it down. They're going to spend and enjoy every penny. We just have to make sure that they distribute it equitably because governors and legislatures have a lot of discretion on how they hand out the money. We got to make sure they're fair and square to all Tennessee counties, to all the people in Tennessee, and not just to help their rich neighbors. Because as you point out, Williamson County is one of the richest counties in America. They don't need much extra help there. So maybe we should have excluded Williamson County in the bill, but you know it's in there and they should make sure that uh, the least among us, those who need help the most, benefit from this legislation. 
Here's a little known fact about Williamson County. I think we are one of the two highest counties when it comes to food stamps. So even though Williamson County is doing well in a lot of parts, much of Williamson County needs this very badly. And that's something that I hope that Williamson County and Governor Lee, uh, Marsha Blackburn, Governor Lee and Senator Johnson will keep in mind. You mentioned the distribution of it. This is Cynthia's question. How do we make sure Governor Lee doesn't take credit for all of this? But I'm more concerned with the distribution part of it. We can use that as part of this question. But the other question I have is how do we track what they do with this money and make sure that it gets to the places it's supposed to go? Well, there are a couple of ways. Um, first, um, we need to watch Governor Lee and the legislature like a hawk. There is a fiscal committee that has been set up by the governor to distribute the money. Now, they're kind of slow in reporting and the state's been terribly slow in handing out the money. You know, the CARES Act money, he didn't have to spend until the end of the year. So he hoarded um, as much as he possibly could, as long as he could, under the name of what's called flexibility. But he left a lot of hurting people in the meantime. Remember, Tennessee is still number one from prior programs of unspent money. Even the Republican Beacon Center pointed out that we had $760 million in unspent TANF fund. And that's for um, funds for needy families. That's not a category you want to be number one in, as withholding money from needy families. Republicans claim they are pro-family. Well, they should utilize these programs to help families. So another backstop is in our office, we have a full-time person. Her name is Kara Ince, I-N-C-E. And she spends almost all day, every day, tracking down this money. Because when it uh, is in such large flows, it's easy to lose track of some of it. And we want to make sure that every penny is wisely spent and that every penny reaches the people who need the help. Because they're going to be scam artists in any program. They're going to be bad people. There were under the previous programs. But we're trying to keep that to an absolute minimum. Okay. One of the aspects that's really exciting about this that you mentioned is the carrot to expand Medicaid, which just to run down a few numbers, I mean, you mentioned we lose a billion dollars every year. Uh, 300,000 Tennesseans are going without coverage because we haven't expanded Medicaid. You know, I've been paying close attention for a few years now. I have never heard one good reason why we haven't done that. But what I've heard now from Lieutenant Governor McNally uh, in the last few hours, actually, is that he seems open to the idea of doing it, but their caveat appears to be as long as some aspects of the Medicaid block grant that they want are included. I don't know if you've heard that. If you have, uh, is that possible? And, you know, does that sound feasible? And is that just the politics talking? Because to me, it sounds like, yeah, we'll do it, but we got to look like we got to win politically or else it looks like we're just caving. What, what do you think when you hear him say that? Well, it's definitely a cause for a little bit of hope, uh, maybe not a whole lot, because when they have a 10-year record of refusing to do the right thing, it's going to be hard to believe them now. But the administration, the Biden administration, does have some leverage over Tennessee because although the Trump administration approved their 10K3 plan at the last minute as one of the last official acts of the Trump administration, they didn't approve at all. In fact, they left out a key section called GME, Graduate Medical Education, which is absolutely necessary for educating our doctors and keeping our medical schools going. So it's gonna be uh, interesting. Uh, those programs will stop. They will collapse as of June 30th this summer, unless the Biden administration goes along. So we do have some leverage 
And I'm hopeful that um, it's starting to hail like crazy here. I don't know what it is to do at your place. It's like ping pong balls. Uh, is that what of hail. that is? Is that what we're hearing is hail? Yeah, it's like, whoa. Wow. These are serious ping pong balls outside my windows. And that's Damn. ice. But um, I'm hopeful that uh, the lieutenant governor is um, sincere. There will definitely be a negotiation. We don't know the outcome of that negotiation. And the graceful thing to do would be to accept the money, expand Medicaid. And then if they need to save face by saying that part of the block grant is preserved, you know, I'm, I'm for people saving face as long as the real people who need help get the help. Absolutely. We can call it a block grant. Just expand Medicaid. Call it whatever you want. Call it the Randy McNally you know, <laughs> Medicaid expansion, whatever they need to do. Uh, I, I agree with you there. So two more questions and I'll get you out of here. Um, one is how do we spread the word to people in especially Republican led counties who are not going to know what's happening here? Uh, I actually asked some Republican state legislators about this and they seem to not even know what was in this thing. So, you know, is there an effort being made in a state like ours to educate people on what Biden and the Democrats just did for them and what Republicans refused to? Well, I think that we rely on our news outlets like, you know, the holler to get the word out. <laughs> you know, it's a con unconventional media environment nowadays. So however we can do it, we need to spread the word. And the politics is less important here than the fact that real people are going to get real help. Now, this is called a rescue plan for a reason. It will rescue thousands, millions of Tennessee lives who've really been hurting during this pandemic. So it's a super exciting thing. And every county will have the opportunity to share in this um, uh, rescue money. So uh, the county commissioners, the mayors, the county mayors, um, everybody who's in an official position, including our school board people, our teachers, our firemen. It's, it's amazing um, how uh, necessary this money is if we want to keep our economy strong. And that's one of the great backbones of America is a strong economy. We've got to get people working. And we got to get bills paid and we got to keep people um, on the right track here. And that's what this bill does. Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us about it. Uh, just to flat, I'm going to ask you one more question. It's not going to be related to this, but I just want people to understand the distribution of who benefits is much different than what happened under Trump. If you can see the lowest quintile of people are getting far more of the benefits and it's not helping the top at all, which may explain why people like Jack Johnson think it's a disgrace, why Governor Lee says it's unneeded. These things are connected. Uh, one last question. I know there's a couple of other things going on in Congress. You know, you guys seem to do more than one thing at once. One of the things is to focus on voting and expanding ballot access. Cameron Sexton, the speaker, says Tennessee should sue if Congress passes H.R. 1, the election reform bill, what do you think when you hear that Cameron Sexton thinks Tennessee should sue if too many people can vote? Well, Justin, as you know, this is a fundamental difference between the two political parties. Democrats want more people to vote. Republicans want fewer people to vote. And they especially want white people, older people <laughs> to vote. So it's really a question about power. And Republicans are willing to do almost anything to keep a hold on power. They were crushed when Trump lost the election. Uh, they were crushed when they lost control of the Senate, mainly due to the Georgia uh, special election, which made the Senate 50-50. But um, 
if you believe in democracy, if you believe in the basic principles of the United States of America, um, if you believe in the amendments to our constitution, you gotta believe that we want more people to vote. And ideally we should make voting easy. It should be a national holiday. It should be uh, a, a really as, as easy as can possibly be as long as the votes are cast uh, you know, legally. So um, it's amazing how Republicans have made um, uh, voter suppression an art form. And that includes in Tennessee and in almost every state legislature right now, there's a tidal wave of bills to limit voting. And uh, that should shock us because um, Tennessee back in the 1960s led with a case called Baker v. Carr before the United States Supreme Court. And that was the first time in American history the court had ever solidly said that it's one person, one vote. Before that, they were happy to let certain districts in the country have way more votes and certain people have way more votes. But that fundamental principle of one person, one vote, that's the bedrock of democracy. And HR1 focuses on that. So I'm very disappointed that uh, Speaker Sexton said nasty things about it. He's, uh, I hope he will want all the citizens that he represents to vote. Representative Cooper, thank you for coming on here and doing this. We appreciate your very valuable time. Uh, we'd love to have you come on again down the line. And I hope everybody's learned a lot and really appreciate you coming on here. Thanks, Justin. Always good to see you, man. Always thank good. You. Thank you. That was Congressman Cooper very generously sharing his time with us. I hope you've learned from this. I hope we can all explain to the people around us what's in this thing because we have to be the messengers here. You know, you heard him say it's a new day when it comes to message spreading. The holler is a part of it, but you are the holler, especially the people that are sticking with us through this thing. You guys are the ones that watch our broadcasts. You know, we need to be the ones that relay this news to the people that are around us. If you have any questions about what we've seen here today, let us know. But the bottom line is this helps a lot of people in a lot of different ways, mainly the ones that need it most. And there's a whole checklist of things that Republicans just completely voted against while Representative Cooper and Biden and the Democrats delivered. And that's starting to show up if it hasn't already in people's bank accounts and help people's lives. So let's make sure we spread the word. Really appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back early next week. Follow the holler, follow all the hollers. And thank you for all your support. Talk to you soon. Tennessee.